Hey, you, you want to see something really scary? What's your favorite scary movie? I'm going to scare the hell out of you. What was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. They're coming to get you, Barbara. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. What's blood for, if not for shedding? Welcome to Fright Night. Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Shed. This week we're covering 1985's Night Train to Terror. This mine. Out of pity, I cast you down on earth. Don't push me. I'll open the gates of hell. Say that three times. Yeah, no. So we watched this film via Tubi. Our best friend Tubi. We love Tubi. Tubi has some crazy shit. Some some stuff we've never even heard about. Yeah, this was one that I had heard mentioned before, but I didn't quite... I just knew it was an anthology. I didn't know exactly what I was going to get myself into when we started watching this, but... This movie, you know, it went off, to use the train metaphor, it went off the rails real quick. So God and Satan are on a train. Yes. And... Dressed in white and black. Dressed in white and black. Sitting at a window with a white table and there's like stars outside the window. Was the table white? I thought the table was like a solid regular train table, but the middle of the table was white and like gleaming. Yeah, that's right. That's what I meant. No, like no, it's we no, the table's weird cuz there's we I thought there was going to be a purpose to that. No, that's and, just how God the devil rolled on a train. Yeah, there was no purpose whatsoever. And then who was the night porter? The night porter just walks up and down the train and occasionally he'll look at the camera and go almost there and kind of give it like a little wink towards the camera and you're like, "Who is he supposed to be? Is he uh, some an angel, a demon?" Because at one point he suggests about one of the characters, he's like, well, perhaps a hundred years in purgatory would do him well instead of going to heaven or hell. And they're like, hmm, yeah, that would be good. It's yeah. Like, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know who that guy was. But so they're there to determine the fate of three souls. So it's an anthology film. And yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. God and the Devil are is the wraparound story. Yes. And, and the wraparound story is also that the train is going to crash. And what's going to happen to the souls of the what appears to be the New Kids in the Block cover band from the 1980s that are just constantly breakdancing and singing pop songs at the front of the, quote, train, even though what the set they're on doesn't look like a train set. 
It just looks like someone filmed it inside of a trailer somewhere. I would say it was more like that breakdancing movie mixed with... Oh, they were mixed doing the, with Xanadu. Yeah, they were doing the electric boogaloo Xanadu. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, that's my favorite part of the movie. Actually, so I was like, "Oh, okay." That's happening at the front of the train, and they're all discussing like, well, "What is you know? What are we going to do about them?" While they're discussing these other people, and at one point, the devil even says, "You know, there's not a lot of musicians that go out of their way to praise you, so I don't know why you're even interested in these people." You know, all the best bands are affiliated with Satan. Oh my gosh! Okay, so the so Shad, give some yes. insight on how we came with these anthology with this anthology. So apparently they had some movies they had already made, or at least one wasn't completely finished. The first one, and they had the footage, and the other two they already had finished them. They had been released on their own earlier, so they just took them and cut them down and made. Uh, short films out of them. And to make sure, you, you know, since you couldn't really figure out what was going on, they have them just do some narration to explain and then jump into the middle of it. And you just get to see some of the, quote, scary scenes in the movies. And that's just it. They cut each one. I looked at each one of the completed ones. was about an hour and a half to an hour and 40 minutes. They cut them down to about 20, 25 minutes apiece. And... That's a lot to cut out of a movie. Although, I'm not sure these movies would have been any better with the added footage in. You know, we have different feelings about this film because I actually like this movie for some reason. I think it's because the scenes or the stories are just so fucking outrageous. Usually when you have an anthology, there's like one, if it's, you know, you have one good one. You know, the other one, one is shitty. One or... one, and then a really terrible one. Yeah. These were all just, for me, shocking. I just remember saying out loud, like, is this really happening? Like, what the fuck is happening? This is crazy. And it probably is because, like you said, it's a just a disjointed, literally pulled out, you know, segments of it to make this, like, film. And it, so it is kind of fucking choppy. The first story, um, this was actually rescued by Vinegar Syndrome. So Yeah, they, they're out there doing the Lord's work. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's the company that put this out for Tubi. So, you know, it's very, it, it looks very good. I mean, yeah, obviously. they always do a good job. So, yeah. The but first... they find the weirdest shit out there in the world, man. Yeah, they do. I'm like, how, how... <laughs> the first film is the, or I should say, story, is The Case of Harry Billings. Now, I, 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 I in this, in this segment, I was just like, what is going on in this film? Because you don't really find out for a little bit. I don't even know how much into, I feel like 15 minutes, uh, minutes into it, you don't even know like where this is going. But a husband and a wife, apparently, you know, they just literally finished getting married and they crash. And they tell you, like, through narration, he's a terrible person. He cheated on her all the time. He drank. He smoked. He was a bad guy. And then now they're in an insane asylum. <laughs> the car crashes into the water and they rescue them. And somehow, instead of taking them to the hospital, they took them to the insane asylum where the doctors hypnotize the guy 
into being their uh, like guy who goes out and drugs people and tricks them to coming back to the hospital, and then with the women they just... we well wait we wait don't we'll give it away so like right at the beginning let's with the woman that was in the car who died the wife. She's just laying like booty naked, strapped to a fucking stretcher in a damn like padded room. And then we never see her again. We don't know what happens to her. She's just booty naked. I'm like, why is she not wearing any clothes? I understand that she's dead because they did say she was dead. But why was she strapped down? I mean... Again, I feel like that's part that was cut out probably. Yeah, so that happened. And then now this guy... They, like, torture him. They literally, like, re-do like do his mind to fucking do, like, so their biddings. He's going out to bars and even to churches, drugging people, drugging women, and, and occasionally a dude, and bringing them back to this place where... And it's, like, specific women. At first, it's, like, blonde-haired women. Yeah. And they're bringing him back there, and Richard Mull, uh, Bull from Night Court... Who I literally... I was like, is that Bull? Who, by the way, he also played the villain in The Sword and the Sorcerer. He's in, and, and he's in almost every segment in this damn movie. Yeah. So they've got him in there, and he is... Every woman that comes through gets stripped naked and assaulted by Bull. And then Question they just, mark. Yeah, they just get left in the asylum. And then eventually you find out that they're harvesting organs from these people, but yet... They still had the women all there in padded cells. So, you know, this, again, you don't really know what they, all they've cut out. How many did they, like, send away and how many did they keep? And then the female doctor, you find out, she's been drugging the guy, the husband from the car wreck. She's been drugging him into being her personal sex slave. She's just got him drugged up and is having sex with him every night. Now, this, not to cut you off, but I have to insert myself in this, no pun intended, um, that there are a ton of boobs in this segment. Yeah. I mean, there's a like there's like ten to twelve breasts shown. Yeah, there's a lot and, and Bull is fondling them all. Yeah, and they're this all is, kinds of sizes, her. all different kinds of looks of women, like all there was no besides the blonde hair and then they go on to brunettes. It's um it was a lot to digest. And if you have listened to our podcast before, I'm all about the nudity from both sides. Like, I am like, this would make a classic horror film, I feel. You have to have some kind of nudity. That's just embedded in me from watching all these movies from the 80s, 70s, and 80s that have tits everywhere. Like, yeah, there's a ton of tits in this movie. So... (laughs) All the segments, really. All the segments. Except for the last one. The first two segments are all about the boobs. Yes, all about the boobs. So, let's just say that shit goes awry. And of course, like in all things, what's going to happen when you're in a sane asylum where you have uh, monies being exchanged and there's a shit ton of money they're getting paid? Of course, the woman doctor is like, you know what? I have my sexy young boy toy. I'm going to freaking kill the doctor because I don't need this guy. And I'm going to steal his winning, like, his part of the fucking money. Like, she takes him out and, like, lobotomizes him. And the yep. orderly, the other orderly besides Bull, um, the nurse. And they're just, like, in a padded room going crazy, you know, until, obviously, they get, li- they get let out because, you know... 
Harry, the guy. He's done being a fucking zombie and fucking luring these women to their death. She forgot to give him a drug one night and it uh, wore off and then he suddenly had a case of, oh shit, I'm not doing the right thing here. So she tried to drug him again. It did not go well. She kind of ends up strapped down to the table and they're like, I remember being doctor. I do surgery. That might be actual dialogue for the movie. I may have only paraphrased a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it's not... And that's the guy that, when the story ends and, like, God and the devil are talking about it, that's the one where they say, well, what do you think? Maybe a hundred years in purgatory because he did all these things. He cheated on his wife. And then he lured all these people in here and got them killed. But most of it he did while he was brainwashed and hypnotized. So he really wasn't responsible for that, was he? They're like, well, we'll give him 100 years in purgatory. And then we'll think about it when he comes out. It's like, oh, okay. Purgatory. Didn't know you could just do that, but apparently you can. Well, right off the bat, the devil tells the audience that the woman in this next story, she's definitely going to hell. And he's excited to see her there. Because it is the case of Greta Connors. Now, there's an aspiring singer named Greta. And she has a carnival job where she's selling popcorn. And she's a struggling artist, a singer who's just trying to get famous. She come across a man who stuffs about seven to $800 down her bra while she's holding said popcorn. And, and he just throws the popcorn away and says, you know I just want you, baby. Now look. I'm not making any judgments here, but I feel at this point you just know you're you're he's paying for sex. So don't get upset later when he's like, Oh no, I was just paying for sex with you and buying you off the street because I think you're a prostitute. That's that's what he was getting at, guys. Yeah. He He, he was pretty obvious about it when he was just shoving money down your shirt and you took said money. She never got mad, plus she is psycho, okay? So yes, a rich man who falls in lust. That's that's what I uh, have down as a note because I wanted to make sure that we all know that obviously the next thing is going to give her away because he's like, hey, you know what? You want to be uh, in the pictures? You want to be a famous? I'm going to put you in pornos. That's basically what he does. She starts doing pornos. And while a group of men are sitting in the fraternity house... There is a guy who's studying to be a doctor that's watching said porno. And while this girl who's dressed like an Indian is getting her brains fucked out by the guy. um, Yeah, he's like, this is the love of my life. And I must track this girl down and make her mine. And he does so. And that girl was Greta, obviously. And I'm like, really? Okay, that's that's a thing that happens. That's that's something. And he goes, he tracks her down, and then, of course, they fall in love, and she doesn't longer want to be with the guy that's put her in the pornos because he's much older than her, and, you know, this he's other guy's... her in pornos. And, yeah, he's putting her in pornos, and this guy's hot. And this guy's studying to be a doctor. Like, oh. Uh, apparently, a doctor of karate. <laughs> yes, call him he's... Dr. Karate. Dr. Karate, yes. Dr. Karate, because... <laughs> Because in later, a, when they send some guys to come and collect her and the guy for nefarious reasons, Dr. Karate pops up and starts kicking ass. I'm like, all right, okay. Dr. Karate knows how to fight. He does know how to fight. And that's when 
the insanity of the continuing insanity insanity of this movie uh ensues because oh yes now the you know ex-boyfriend the rich ex-boyfriend is like you know what i love to do i love to play crazy games and they're all like russian roulette games but they're all insane games the first game is i have this crazy giant wasp, wasp in a jar. thing that looks like a demon and i also we we forgot to mention the most amazing part of this entire film shad okay. we totally missed it there is stop motion animation in this film in oh, several yeah. parts and it is they're big on that fucking classic stop motion claymation yes animation yes and they don't even try to really hide they the fact. They don't. One, you, one second you're a human, and the, the next, next second you're a claymation. You're a very obvious claymation doll <laughs> being whacked around by the demon. <laughs> so it's a claymated wasp demon that everyone's sitting around the table, and if the wasp demon, like, I guess, senses your... It just senses you or whatever. They tell everybody... Don't move, don't talk, just sit there because the last thing you want is for this thing to land on you and sting you. And then at one point they even say, uh, yeah, let's make sure we close the window because we don't want this thing to get out and sting someone that's not part of this game. Because they're all playing this crazy Russian roulette game with it. And then what's the first thing that happens? They forgot it, the of window. Of course, they forget the fucking window. They forgot the window. So and this thing just flies right out the window. Yep, it didn't pick anybody in the room. Everyone is safe. It flies out the window, and two people just happen to be fucking in the fields. Yeah, they're on a side of the road. having sex, and <laughs> this thing flies by and is like, oh, all right, I'm just going to sting this guy. Stings him on the face. His face immediately <laughs> fucking explodes. It explodes, and it's classic. <laughs> yeah, he just goes everywhere. And there's brain matter all over the fucking girl who, whose tits are out. And she's like, ah! It's, it's the it's best. It's pretty classic. So then they just keep going. They say, like, and then they just kept upping the ante. So the next one that they do is uh, an electric game where they're, like, they're all hooked to an electrode. And they might one of them might get shocked. And there's a guy in there who's got the headband on. He gets shocked, and as he gets shocked, of course, it's doing the like crazy effect where it's like lighting up his skull and everything. And he's like, "Excuse me, I hope you don't mind if I smoke." Yeah, and like smoke starts coming out of his head, and then he gets the crazy like cartoon skeleton that you see, and it's just it's wild. But then my favorite one is the next one where they take like a is like it was the Wiley Coyote one I called it, where they get like a big wrecking ball and put it on a rope. And they put the rope next to what looks like a big saw, and then they spin the thing, and every time it goes by, it hits the saw, and it might cut a little, it cuts a little bit more of the rope. So then they all lay down in sleeping bags. In sleeping bags, because you can't just, you know, get up and run out of a sleeping yeah. bag. And now, this is when the goons had come in and attacked, uh, you know, Dr. Karate and, uh, what was her name, Henrietta? Whatever the fuck her name, Claire, uh, her name is Greta. Greta. They drag Greta and Dr. Karate there and put them in the sleeping bags. And that way they can't leave because they're tied up. And the guy's like, this is going to be totally fair. No, if the ball falls on you, it'll kill you. If it falls on me, it kills me. It's totally fair. And then you see he has a gun in his sleeping bag pointed at the guy. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be totally fair, isn't it? Yeah, not fair at all. 
I like how right before then, right right before they get kidnapped, because she decides, you know, I'm out. Um, I don't want to be with you anymore. I want to be with this guy. The last straw for Greta in the conversation she's having with the freaking her ex-rich boyfriend is that last straw was the execution death. She's like, this is the last straw for me. I can't handle it anymore. And she leaves. And I'm like, really? That was the last straw, Greta? That one? The guy who put you in Parnos? Who put you in a freaking crazy wasp uh, Russian roulette game? Who literally also put you through the execution thing? Like, because she's also part of the game. She's one of the contenders. It's like the rich friends, the kooky rich friends that want to be a part of it. And Greta and then the boyfriend. So, yeah. I, that one was just, Greta obviously is going to hell, right? Even yeah. though he was like, oh, I don't want to tear them apart. Well, he said, I'll, I'll take, she should go to hell and he should go to heaven because he didn't do anything wrong. He was always just trying to help. And I was like, well, I didn't really want to separate them. And you're like, what? Okay. That seems a little, uh, a little harsh there because, you know, I guess she earned her trip to hell just like he earned his trip to heaven. So separate him. Leave him alone, guy. But yeah. That one, like I said, I, that was my favorite probably because it was just so crazy with like all the Wiley Coyote death traps and the giant wasps and jars. And so then they're still trying to decide what they're going to do about the, the people on the train. Like, I don't know. You, that's when he says like, yeah, the musicians really don't much like God. They're usually more into Satan. So then we go on to the next case, which was... The case of Claire Hansen. Now, she is married to... Uh, Bull. Bull, again. Richard Mall is back in this one. And this time he's playing a guy who's written a book about there is no God, there is no devil, all religion is fake. Coincidentally, the devil is also in town and he's at a nightclub and he looks like what I always imagined Lestat looked like when Anne Rice described him in the books. That's what this guy looks like. And he is being hunted by a Nazi hunter who recognizes him from back in the days when he ran a concentration camp. As you can see, there's already a lot going on in this. There's so much. And I and one day show the Nazis all in the room being Nazis. And then they have like the women that I believe were like in their like nightgowns. Playing they're all playing like instruments for him while they eat. And you're like, oh, this is not gonna end well. Yeah, I was not I was like, I don't wanna go through this. I was like ready to leave the film because I was I couldn't handle it. But so, we're not, we don't see the Nazis for too long. It's literally just like the first couple of minutes and that scene. And then we go straight to, straight to modern all this. day. Yeah, we go straight back to modern day. And you see like the, the, the guy, of course his name is Abraham, the Nazi hunter. He goes and gets a cop and is like telling him, this guy's a Nazi, this guy's a Nazi. And shows him all the pictures. And they're like, well, yeah, okay, he looks like the guy. But come on, this picture was taken like. 40 years ago. This is a 20-year-old guy we're looking at now. It can't be him. Of course, he tries to go and confront him anyhow, and, and, you know, it does not end well for him. And then, yeah, it just keeps going with the crazy, like, eventually you find out that, like, there's a crazy homeless guy that's trying to get to the, get to Bull and tell him that, you know, he needs to abandon his writing of this book because it's saying that there is no God. It's just giving the devil more power. And then a priest tells Bull's wife that She's the chosen one that's there to stop the devil from starting the apocalypse. And he gives her a special box made out of the 
the wood from the original crucifixion. It tells her to cut the devil's heart out and put it in this box, and that will solve all the problems. Because this random church, wherever they were at, just happened to have this box in it, apparently. They were just waiting for this to happen. And she you get to see another great claymation monster here, because the claymation monster, uh, the homeless guy, gets tricked out onto the beach, and the claymation monster pops up out of the water and eats him, pulls him back down into hell. And, uh, yeah. There's a lot. There's this a lot is... going on. And this is probably the one that was probably the longest movie and they had to cut the most down from to try and get any kind of halfway logical story and I'm not sure they succeeded. They did not succeed, but I have to say whoever plays the devil, whatever, whatever you want to call him, he was the devil. Um, in that, de- it was super hot. I don't know what his name is, but he was very, he looked like, you know what exactly, you know, I'm going to tell you exactly who he looked like he looked like um the lead singer to my chemical romance that's exactly who he looked like and uh super yummy i have to say super yummy isn't he jared way jared way that jared way the lead singer of my chemical romance that's exactly who he looks like and he just looked i mean wow yeah, his name is Robert Bristol, and it looks like he was only in this, the movie it came from, and a movie called Hangar 18, which I have seen. Oh, you have seen? Okay. Yeah, so he wasn't in a lot. But eventually this movie, this segment of it ends with the devil tries to get Bull to join him. He says, I don't believe in you because I don't believe in God, so why would I believe in the devil? So he kills Bull by setting him on fire, claymation again on a burning cross and then he proceeds to go to try and fight the wife the wife you think has won and you think she's strapped the devil down and cut his heart out but uh uh-oh surprise he was tricking her and it was an illusion she actually cut the heart out of one of her friends yeah that actually was pretty and the the end of that segment and then he walks out like john travolta at the end of saturday night live like literally i thought it was gonna fever Oh, <laughs> Saturday Night Fever. So all I heard was like, the, wah, 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 wah. that's what I heard. And if you watch this movie, you will definitely now hear that when you see this, the end of this film, because that's exactly what it is. That one and what that segment, that movie was that, uh, the devil part is from the nightmare never ends. Yeah. Or cataclysm. They has a bunch, all these ones have multiple names. Oh my goodness! And yeah, and it cut. was like a cop story too because there's a cop involved, in in that one because the cop is the one that's trying to help the he well he starts obviously he gets involved because of the older like Hunter Abraham was with them and then he gets with the the wife of um Bull Richard Mall yes Bull that's forever gonna be his name Bull um but yeah so. Yeah, that all that was a lot going on in that. So then we finally cut back to the train, and uh, the party's still going on. They're still doing the electric boogaloo Xanadu, and the cars just nonstop. They have not stopped dancing this entire time. And uh, they're like, "Well, what are we gonna do now?" God says, "You know what? They're all coming with me." The plane. The, I'm sorry. The plane. The train crashes, and they look like they they clearly reused footage from something else else because the first time we see the train going down the tracks and it's going to crash it's clearly a kid's toy train running down the tracks 
Then it crashes, quote unquote, and we see footage from like a giant burning train. It looks like they had set something on fire that was like 45 cars long. And then the next scene that we see is the train like surrounded in lights riding up train tracks into heaven. Oh, goodness. The end. Yes, the end. Now, I like the idea of the whole like God and the devil are going to debate people's fate on a train and you're going to see like the little stories. They're going to tell you like what happened and you can kind of, you know, decide for yourself a little bit and be like, I, I don't know. It, you know, did this person deserve it or, you know, but it was just, if they had written original stories, they might have been able to do it a little better, but it was just chopping up pieces from other movies. It just did not come across well to me. I mean, it was entertaining because it was so far out there. You know, between all the craziness, the boobs everywhere. It's an entertaining watch, but it's just weird. And I kind of want to see the other movies that they took from it now just to see what they're like. What is the actual movie? I mean, we know how they end because we saw the end. I feel like they took like the last five minutes of the movie and then just like cut little scenes before because in the one with Greta, there was a scene clearly at the beginning that was also, you know, later on, they're in the same bed in the same clothes doing, you know, like they just clearly were using footage from different things to try and make it all into one cohesive movie and it did not work. Yeah, it was trying to be Tales from the Crypt, the uh, movie from 1972. Um, it was trying very desperately to be that, but... It was not that because in that movie obviously it's another anthology and the twist in that one was that the stories were not what was going to happen to them but already but telling all the people of how they all died so that was like so everyone in there is already a lost soul so this is kind of like close to like the whole you know devil slash soul kind of thing happening um yeah i don't know it, like i said it, i get the idea of it and i like the idea of it yeah I but just, i'm like it, it was kind of like it was a failed attempt on that kind of like a twist on that idea where it's like you know it's an interesting experiment but i think it's just you might have been able to do this with like take like hour-long shows and cut them down a little bit but i don't think you can do a whole hour and a half movie and cut it down to 15 minutes and get anything cohesive out of it you know with the exception of how messy the last one was because that one was kind of all over the place they could have they could have wrangled that in but the stories are okay they just need a little more structure to them i like the concept of this like insane asylum using you know lowering the the girls in there and then using their body parts and selling them off to like schools and like places that like you know, would use body parts and, like, arteries and organs and stuff like that. I like that. I, I also like the, the death game one. Oh, yeah, the like the death they're game. All just like, they're so rich and they're so bored that the only thing that gets them off anymore is the chance that they might die playing this game. Mm -hmm. Okay, I get that. That's interesting. I can give, live with that. And I think that if that one would have been explored a little more, which that one is available, we might try and watch that sometime just to see how the whole movie plays out. The Nazi that turned or maybe always was a demon slash the devil. devil. Um, I thought it was going to be vampire. I thought he was a vampire. I really did too. I thought that's where they were going with it. It was going to be a whole vampire thing. But I guess not. 
I don't know. Maybe I would have liked it better if it was a vampire. Maybe that was just totally like obvious if they would have gone that route of it being a vampire but if once you bring nazis into it you know it's gonna have some kind of like supernatural like weird element you know because there's always gonna be something creepy with the nazis yeah and there was a lot of nazi stuff the 80s oh my goodness there was just so many nazi things out there you know films with nazi stories and like amazing stories had one um uh what is it not creep show that other there was other another anthology that had like a naughty story in it too that was just like oh goodness the one where that's the nazis and the guy's like going back in time and he has to like relive um twilight zone twilight zone yeah and there was also a night gallery had done that one about that where the nazi wanted to go into the painting yes that one was really good. But yeah, there's there's been a lot of stories about basically Nazis getting their comeuppance, you know? There's so many good stories in the Night Gallery, but a lot of those are from Richard Matheson, aren't they? Yeah, Matheson did a lot of the Twilight Zone and Night Gallery ones. Yeah, man, what a fucking gem. Yeah, so, he's a guy I'd like to have had a chance to meet. This is our episode for this week. Um, let's go ahead and I want to throw my rating out there and say I'm going to give it two knives. Because there's some entertaining stuff in it, but don't expect to make a lot of sense out of it. I'm also going to give it two knives. The practical effects are the bee's knees. I really enjoyed the practical effects, minus the stop motion motion animation. But that was just funny, and it was just really funny to watch, like, those segments. So... And really interesting to see, like, on a technological level, where we were at. Because the things that they were doing couldn't have been done, per se. If You know what I mean? With, they didn't have the technology for it at the time. So, because, like, one, when the kid gets turned into, like, the dragon comes out, there's no CGI. There's no, like, computer animated thing, like... When this like crazy three-headed demon thing comes out and it's taking like the guy and turning him upside down and like oh, going yeah, down like, the thing, like there was no way they were gonna be able to do that. The stop motion was the only way. Just like you know when you watch those Hercules movies, yeah, the chase and the Argonauts, yeah, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's like you get from you know that was the time frame where you would see that kind of shit. So I like w- looking at that stuff because it's, it's like nostalgic. It is a neat thing. Even though it's like, oh, that looks terrible. You still it laugh at it. It does look so terrible. Like, But like where we came from, you yeah. know, you're like, oh, okay, well, they didn't have that at the time. You know, they had to come up with some fucking creative idea of how to yeah, they did. get it across. But it, it just, it definitely did not age well. It's no fucking the thing, that's for sure. Because yeah. that aged well. Yeah. And those are some fantastic fucking practical effects. And even though I'm not that big a fan of the movie, like, you know, a lot of those practical effects age well, like American Werewolf in London, it still aged well. Yes. Um, The Howling still ages well. Yeah. But, you know, this is not the kind of effects that age well. Our other guy that we love. Rob Bottin. Rob Bottin, where you at? Um, (laughs) uh, Yes. So I also give it the two knives and catch it on Tubi. It's free. It's uh, definitely something that everyone should watch at least once in their life, especially if you just want to fucking laugh and just, you know, see a lot of crazy nudity and see some crazy fucking practical effects. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode. 
Stay tuned to the horror. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.